the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Quit whining about inflation. So what if gas is headed to $4 a gallon? Quit being a baby. Suck it up. As many Democrats will tell you, you know, inflation isn't always a bad thing. And and really, it's not the Democrats' fault anyway. It's, uh, it's COVID's fault. Maybe it's Donald Trump's fault, but it might just be because people have more money to spend, according to the liberals. And the supply chain issue also has caused a shortage, and it's the supply and demand effect we're looking at here. Well, I was around for hyperinflation and long lines at the gas stations in the 70s, and I was able to get through it because of the great Jimmy Carter, who put it all in perspective. Listen. Inflation is our friend. <laughs> For example, consider this. In the year 2000, if current trends continue, the average blue-collar annual wage in this country will be $568,000. Think what this inflated world of the future will mean. Most Americans will be millionaires. Everyone will feel like a big shot. Wouldn't you like to own a $4,000 suit and smoke a $75 cigar? Drive a $600,000 car? I know I would. (laughs) But what about people on fixed incomes? They have always been the true victims of inflation. That's why I will present to Congress the Inflation Maintenance Program, whereby the U.S. Treasury will make up any inflation-caused losses through direct tax rebates to the public in cash. Now, you may say, won't that cost a lot of money? Won't that increase the deficit? Sure it will. But so what? We'll just print more money. We have the papers, we have the mints. I can just call up the Bureau of Engraving and say, Hi, this is Gemma. Roll off some of them 20s. Print up a couple of thousand sheets of those century notes. Sure, the glut of dollars will cause even more inflation, but who cares? Everybody will be a millionaire. Uh, Okay, so actually that was Dan Aykroyd (laughs) imitating Jimmy Carter on Saturday night. Live back in uh, 1976, I believe it was, when Saturday Night Live was actually funny and watchable. Uh, And it should make you feel comfortable and make you feel wonderful to know that the big guy has given every indication that he's actually more clueless than Jimmy Carter and maybe as clueless as uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd imitating Jimmy Carter. And the good news is that after Jimmy, we got Ronald Reagan. Uh, People had had enough of big government stupidity, and let's hope that happens again. Uh, But speaking of stupidity, Minka Fitzpatrick of the Steelers has tested positive for COVID-19. He was, of course, vaccinated, just like Ben Roethlisberger, who missed the game yesterday, and Sidney Crosby, who missed a few games last week after he tested positive. And there's a story out today about the Ottawa Senators. They have to postpone or cancel, I, I think it's their next three games, because of a COVID outbreak. Um, all of their players are also vaccinated. And the Penguins played in Ottawa Saturday night, by the way, which means they were breathed on, maybe sprayed with droplets by a contaminated team. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick played the entire game yesterday for the Steelers and was breathing on and spraying his teammates, his coaches, and everybody on the Detroit Lions. Everybody. They got infected. So... Does this mean the Steelers are in for a major breakout? And uh, weren't the vaccines supposed to prevent this? That's what I heard. Now, Aaron Rodgers missed the Packers game last week because he had COVID. Um, And we found out that he wasn't vaccinated. Of course, he was ripped by the media. Now, if he had been vaccinated, would he not have gotten the disease? Well, why should we believe that, knowing uh, knowing what we do know now? about Ben Roethlisberger and Sidney Crosby, both of whom vaccinated, both of whom got COVID. Meanwhile, here's a video I came across. It's a guy named, uh, it's a doctor named Ryan Cole. Now, he was trained at the Mayo Clinic. 
He runs the largest testing laboratory in Idaho. Now, of course, this was uh, banned by YouTube for misinformation, and a lot of people have been attacking this guy. But that might actually give it more credibility since the information that we all heard about the vaccine preventing you from getting COVID, I guess that turns out to be misinformation, doesn't it? I mean, again, Sidney Crosby, Ben Roethlisberger, just listen and take it for what it's worth. But what we're seeing in the laboratory after people get these shots, we're seeing a very concerning locked-in, low profile of these important killer T-cells that you want in your body. It's almost a a reverse HIV. In HIV, you lose your helper T-cells, your CD4 cells. In this virus post-vaccine, what we're seeing is a drop in your killer T-cells, your CD8 cells. And what do CD8 cells do? They keep all other viruses in check. What am I seeing in the laboratory? I'm seeing an uptick of herpes family viruses, I'm seeing um, herpes, I'm seeing shingles, I'm seeing mono, I'm seeing a huge uptick in human papillomavirus uh, in the cervical biopsies and the cervical pap smears in women. In addition to that, there's a, a little infectious you know, bump that kids get called molluscum contagiosum. What do you need to keep that in check? You need CD8 uh, killer T cells. I am seeing a 20 times increase in individuals over the age of 50 of this little bump in rash. Um, You know, that's innocuous, but what it tells me is the immune status of these individuals who have gotten the shot. We're literally weakening the immune system of these individuals. Now, most concerning of all is there's a pattern of these types of immune cells in the body that keep cancer in check. Well, since January 1, in the laboratory, I've seen a 20 times increase of endometrial cancers over what I see on an annual basis. A 20 times increase. I'm not exaggerating at all. Because I I look at my numbers year over year. I'm like, gosh, I've never seen this many uh, endometrial cancers before. I'm seeing invasive melanomas in younger patients. Normally, we catch those early in their thin melanomas. I'm seeing thick melanomas skyrocketing in the last month or two. Um, I'm already seeing the early signals. And we are modifying the immune system to a weakened state. Great study out of Germany that looked at these profiles on young individuals after the Pfizer showing this locked in and we don't know how long maybe the immune system you know is going to regenerate and those ratios will go back up but who's studying it and where are the long-term trials two months four months how long is this profile locked in we don't know of course uh, this guy as I said he was trashed and um, he was banned on YouTube a few months ago um, and a lot of what YouTube was banning him for, for misinformation, when he said that the vaccines weren't that effective in preventing the disease and that it was an experimental drug and uh, they didn't know about the after effects and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think I think the the miss uh, part of the misinformation is a little less miss uh, today. Uh, again, Ben Roethlisberger, Sidney Crosby, two pretty well-known guys here uh, in western Pennsylvania, vaccinated covid Got it. You figure it out. Then there's this guy. He has a message for governments and leagues, I guess you could say, like the NFL and the NHL, who overreacted. This guy's name is Dr. David Thunder. He's a researcher and lecturer in moral, political, and social philosophy at the University of Navarra in Spain. There's a pithy gem of popular wisdom reminding us that pride comes before a fall. Much of the far-reaching collateral damage caused by pandemic policies, including the erosion of civil rights, the epidemic of depression and loneliness, and the collapse of many jobs and businesses across the world, could have been greatly mitigated if scientists, public health officials, and political leaders had swallowed their pride and recognized the limits of their own knowledge and power. Scientists pridefully thought they could use mathematical models informed by sparse empirical knowledge, to make actionable projections about the consequences of different public policies. Political leaders pridefully thought they could, for the first time in history, snuff out a highly transmissible virus by putting citizens under house arrest, placing vaccine checkpoints at every border, and forcing healthy citizens to cover their faces. These interventions were, at bottom, shots in the dark supported by unverified and ultimately untenable scientific hypotheses. Both scientists and political rulers dramatically overestimated the extent of their knowledge and power, and seriously underestimated the complexity of social reality. 
modest interventions supported by well-established knowledge and conventions are far more appropriate than highly ambitious and risky interventions that gamble with the lives and destinies of our fellow citizens. But if you are either drunk with power or infatuated with your own scientific or intellectual prowess, the boring, conventional and unspectacular path of modest damage limitation may not prove especially appealing. If governments and their advisors had humbly acknowledged that they could not play God against a highly transmissible virus, they might have devoted their energies to well-established policies of disease mitigation, like expanding healthcare capacity, promoting good ventilation in enclosed spaces, and supporting emerging treatments, instead of indulging in arrogant and reckless illusions of social engineering. So there you go. Uh, I've been saying for a long time, and I'll say it again, um, I think that the, the big story at the end of this, if there ever is an end, um, is going to be who or which agency or which government, whatever you want to call it, who, who overreacted the most to this? Because uh, a lot of it has been overreaction. Um, much of it has been overreaction. Uh, maybe most of it has been overreaction. So I'm at a pizza, and it's still going on. I mean, I don't know when is it ever going to end. I just, and they're still putting masks on kids. It's it's really nauseating. But so I I I I get to I'm at the point where I would rather have someone who has COVID come to my house and cough on me than put up with wearing a mask everywhere I go. So, but I am vaccinated, by the way. Because I want to go to Canada, which is where I'm going to go next week. But that's a different story. But anyway, I mean, the masks are still driving me crazy. The people, people are still wearing them. They're, they're not doing anybody any good. Um, I, I, I took the word from Cyril Wecht, I don't know, over a year and a half ago when I had him on here. And he said he just laughed at the, masked, uh, the mask insanity and how useless it is. Uh, so much of it is. So uh, this is the perfect example. Now, there's still people wearing masks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at the number of people who I see in, in stores. And I went to a, I had to go to a store, uh, a, a, a location on the south side on Saturday, and I had to wear a mask to go in. I, so, I mean, I don't cause problems. I put the mask on. I don't, I'm not going to act like I have any reason to believe that I should be any different from anybody else. So, I mean, I wear a mask. makes me want to throw up, but I do it. And so everybody in the store had a mask on. It was a big place on the south side. Everybody had a mask on. Everybody who worked there, every customer, because it says on the door you have to wear a mask. So that's so that's one thing. And I mean, I I don't get out as much uh, as I used to. <laughs> I I try to avoid uh, going downtown, for example. But anyway, I, I it just hit me when I was there with this in this crowded store where I, I don't really go in into malls and things like that much anymore. Uh, and I, I was just stunned that it was still going on this far along that I was still in a store with every single person walking around with a mask. So then last night, I uh, went to a pizza shop out near where I live. Good pizza shop. And I'm eating a pizza with my wife and uh, a couple other people. And I, I noticed a guy come in. Nobody in the place has a mask on. Nobody, none, of the, none of the employees are wearing masks. Um, none of the customers have masks on. So I'm feeling pretty good. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I like it when people are not wearing masks. So I'm sitting there, and I see a guy come in to the pizza shop. He's, he's wearing a mask. So my first reaction is I say to my wife, oh, God, look at this guy with a mask on. So here's the thing. He comes in with a mask on. Which, you know, I, you know, if he wants to wear a mask, you know, that's great. Uh, you know, if it makes you feel good, fine. Well, I, I, have, I, I have no control over it, and I have, I have no right to tell him not to wear one. I have every right in the world to judge him for wearing one and keeping it to myself, which I did. But anyway, he comes in with a mask on. Now, he walks into the pizza shop wearing a mask. He's the only person in the place with a mask on. He goes up to the counter where he, he had ordered a, take, a pizza to take out. So the, the young girl behind the counter is waiting on him, and he, he's leaning on one side of the counter. It's a bar, not a counter. It's a bar. He's leaning on one side of the bar, and she's on the other with a cash register there, and she's, you know, getting his 
giving him his information or pay, he's paying, whatever's going on there. Now, remember, he, he walked in with a mask on. He's standing in front of this young teenage girl who works there with his mask on, talking to her who's unmasked, and he pulls the mask down below his chin while he talks to her. The guy walked from his car, I guess, to the door of the pizza shop. He, who knows? He might have had the mask on while he was driving in his car, which is actually still going on. But he gets to the front of the, of the pizza shop. He walks in. He's the only person in the place with a mask on. He goes up to the person that he has to deal with. He's literally, like, his face is like three feet tops away from her face. He takes the mask, pulls it down below his chin, and starts talking to this poor girl. What kind of a moron do you have to be to do that? Uh, I'll be right back. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. This is John Stagerwater, and you know that my pillow doesn't have their box stores or any shopping channels. They've been part of this cancel culture, and they want to pass the savings on to you. You can get the lowest price in the history of my pillow for their classic standard my pillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with promo code. They also have queen size, regularly $79.98, now $24.98 with promo code. Or king size, regularly $89.98, only $29.98 with promo code. My pillow is not just pillows, they have over 150 products, everything from sleepwear to my new beds. Promo code also works on mystore.com and frankspeech.com. Go to mypillow.com or call 1-800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's mypillow.com. Promo code STAG or 1-800-716-8087. Here's the deal. I've had constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating for years. I've tried a lot of laxatives and fiber supplements, but my symptoms keep coming back. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than two years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 
Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Uh, we've done a few segments here on uh, the Olympics coming up in Beijing. They're, believe it or not, three months away. They're actually going to go on with the Olympics in China with everything that's going on over there. Um, it's amazing to think that. But this is it's actually gotten to the point where the Washington Post, of all people, the editorial page... Uh, the headline is, China is perfecting a 21st century method of destroying an entire people. It talks about what's going on with the Uyghurs. Uh, we've talked about it here. They're uh, enslaved. They're put in uh, what could poss- probably pass as concentration camps. Women are sterilized. Um, anybody who speaks ab- about what's going on with the Uyghurs in that uh, section of China, uh, if they are people who have escaped from China and they're speaking about it over here on Radio Free Asia, for example, their relatives are arrested and taken away and they disappear. So this guy's saying it's time uh, the, the 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 United States should not be taking part in those Olympics. Uh, I agree with him. Uh, he's talking about the sponsors and he says this is a uh, guy's name is Fred Hyatt. This guy's name is Fred Hyatt. He's the editorial page editor. He says. Will Coca-Cola and other Olympic sponsors really just pretend none of this is happening? We stand with those seeking justice and equality, Chairman and CEO James Quincy declared last year. He's talking about the Coca-Cola chairman. On its website, Coca-Cola boasts of being the longest continuous sponsor of the International Olympic Committee because they share, quote, the same core values of friendship, respect, inclusion, integrity, and excellence. At a congressional hearing in July, Coca-Cola executive Paul Lally said the sponsors have no say in where the games take place. We support and follow the athletes wherever they compete. Now, keep in mind that Coca-Cola is actually also the company that uh, was discovered in their um, video for employees, told them to try to be less white. You remember that? Uh, I've tried to avoid Coca-Cola products whenever possible. Uh, ever since, if it's a choice between Coke and Pepsi, I go Pepsi. You know, that's my own little uh, method of dealing with it. But um, at a congressional hearing, this guy Lally said the sponsors have no say in where the games take place. And this guy uh, who wrote this uh, editorial for the Washington Post, Fred Hyatt, says. Well, that may also that may be true. Also true, though, there will be no, quote, justice and equality, unquote, for the Uyghur women being kicked, raped and sterilized as the ice dancing competition unfolds. No, quote, respect and inclusion for Uyghur infants being seized from their parents as skiers race down the slalom course. The future of people may depend on swift Coordinated action by global actors, according to this report uh, on the uh, on what's going on over there um, uh, with the, with the Wiggers, they need to do something uh, drastic, according to this report, or uh, according to Fred Hyatt of the Washington Post, or we can all pretend it's not happening, grab a coke, and enjoy the games. So they're they're going to have the Olympics in three months. This this evil monster president Xi will be sitting up there overseeing it all uh, ABC well actually it's NBC covering it so it'll be NBC will be doing uh, wonderful stories about uh, the Chinese people and how wonderful the Olympics are and um, while that's all going on as this guy Fred Hyatt says uh, they will be uh, raping kicking sterilizing the women of Uyghur, uh, and nobody does anything about it. We had a guest on here several months ago. She said, now is the time to do it. It'll work. It's not like Russia. Um, If you get U.S., Canada, Finland, Sweden, the really strong Winter Olympic countries to say they're not coming, they'd have to move it. None of the countries have enough guts to do it. So enjoy the Olympics, I guess, three months from now. I'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. President Biden is set to sign the bipartisan infrastructure bill into law. Heritage Foundation policy analyst David Ditch 
tells the Salem Radio Network the bill is financially irresponsible. It would add a tremendous amount to the national debt. And in exchange for that, we will get a tremendous amount of wasteful spending. The president with another big event later this evening, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden will hold a virtual meeting with China's Xi Jinping. The two leaders will discuss ways to responsibly manage the competition between the United States and the PRC, as well as ways to work together where our interests align. That virtual meeting tonight, that was Press Secretary Jen Psaki. On Wall Street now, the Dow is down 10 points, and the Nasdaq is 19 points lower. This is SRN News. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them the cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access. Or corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dr. Sebastian Gorka says we're just getting started. This is the time not to celebrate what occurred in Virginia. This is the time for us to double down, to get serious. Everybody who's waking up around you in the last three months, engage them, get them on board, and get them to be politically involved. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Qualifying for Medicaid is complicated, and the timing of your application is critical. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. The biggest mistake? Not consulting with a qualified legal professional before you apply. There's a lot at stake, especially for those with a spouse staying at home. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help you navigate the Medicaid rules so you can properly protect some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looks like we're running into some major delays now on the Parkway West outbound, jammed up from the Fort Pitt Tunnel to pass Green Tree. That's an accident which has now moved off to the shoulder, but real slow going all through there. Now, Parkway East inbound, looking kind of busy from Forbes Avenue down to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound not doing too bad, a minor delay into the tunnel. Still heavy along Crosstown Boulevard, making your way from Veterans Bridge down to Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. It will be breezy this evening. Otherwise, we'll see plenty of clouds tonight. Expect a low tonight of 29. For tomorrow, times of clouds and sunshine will reach a high tomorrow of 46. Wednesday, we'll see low clouds. It will be breezy in the afternoon. Expect a high Wednesday of 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
Well, Joe Biden's poll numbers are about as far down the toilet uh, as any president uh, in history has had, and there are plenty of reasons for it. Uh, But right up there near the top is what's been happening with schools. Parents have noticed uh, what's been going on with critical race theory. They don't like it. Jonathan Butcher is the senior policy analyst for education at the Heritage Foundation. He's in Pittsburgh to talk about it. Jonathan, uh, what brings you to Pittsburgh? Thanks for coming on. Well, great to be with you. I'm visiting some um, uh, Heritage uh, supporters this evening, and so it's it's a pleasure to be in the area. And, and um, it's it's been important around the country for uh, lawmakers to recognize that parents really do care about what's happening in their child's school. Yeah, uh, and um, you've been writing about this for a while. How much more awareness is there now among parents as opposed to, say, a year ago? Uh, I think a lot. I mean, I think parents have been watching not only what uh, is happening at the national level, uh, but they've also seen the news reports of local school boards where parents in their local areas have been going to make their voices heard and advocate on behalf of their children. And in some cases, these school boards have tried to shut parents down. Yeah, we've seen, I mean, obviously during the uh, the election coverage and, and leading up to it, there was a lot of that, and it's, uh, it's finally getting some uh, national attention. Uh, if, if there had been this much awareness exactly a year ago, uh, I know you're not here to do political commentary necessarily, but... Uh, you know, if there had been this much awareness, do you think the political landscape would look a lot different right now? If we would have had, instead of having it, you know, a couple of months before the election, if this would have happened, uh, you know, this past election, if it would have happened before 2020. Well, I think that, uh, look, public schools are at the intersection of culture and politics, right? They're funded by taxpayers, by you and your neighbors, and yet we're giving the next generation the information and skills that we want them to have to be participants in society when they grow up. And so, yes, it matters to politics. It matters to the health of a local community. It matters to the way that families and, um, and people in their local communities interact with each other. So, yeah, I mean, I think people care about it when they go to the ballot box for certain. It's most important, though, when we think about the next generation, right, and what we are preparing them uh, to do as they lead our country into, uh, you know, the next next decade, next uh, 50 years and beyond. Um, is, you've been studying education for a while and been involved in uh, analyzing what's been going on. Um, is is this a sign that parents have been asleep at the wheel uh, for too long with what's going on? I mean, for it to have been able to get to this point, is it a sign that maybe parents for a long time haven't been paying enough attention to what their kids are being taught? I don't think so. There's always been debates about what's taught in schools. I mean, the folks can remember the Common Core from just a decade ago, and parents were very active on YouTube uh, at that time as well. And look, today, you have upwards of 70% or more of parents in nationally representative surveys that Heritage has conducted who say that they don't want their children taught that America is systemically racist or that slavery defines who we are. Rather, you have families saying that they want children taught uh, the good and the bad of American history, right? They want students to know the legacy handed down to them of freedom and opportunity while also recognizing how slavery in the Jim Crow era went contrary, right, to what our country is based on. And those are the lessons that students need to have, and that's not what critical race theory teaches. After the election uh, two weeks ago, liberals everywhere were saying that critical race theory doesn't exist. I, I saw a, a compilation of video uh, clips from multiple uh, liberal commentators who would would just matter-of-factly say, critical race theory, which, by the way, doesn't exist, and then they'd go on to have their discussion about critical race theory. How long can they get away with that? Well, I mean, that is gaslighting at its finest. I mean, there is evidence around the country that school districts are not only integrating critical race theory into their instruction, but actually using the words critical race theory Portland Public Schools, for example, has a working group that has been putting their videos on YouTube, and they are called the Critical Race Theory Working Group for that district. Loudoun County, Virginia, which Washington Post called that the uh, the center of the culture wars in the United States, they have been using a uh, professional development company for their teachers that uses the words critical race theory in their instruction, and on and on. I mean, there are a host of these, California, Iowa, 
uh, all in between. So uh, parents should not be uh, uh, fooled into thinking that uh, this is a figment of their imagination. This is true. And this theory, critical race theory, is racially discriminatory. It is by its very nature. Uh, and well, expound on that a little bit. Why, why is it? I mean, I, I think I know, but if you could just explain what you mean by that. Yeah, because this is an important point. Critical race theory is a worldview. It's a philosophy that believes that everything around us must be considered in terms of racial identity. So everything that happens in public and private life, from policy to religion to church to school, everything, uh, is a result of uh, racial differences between, between people. And the leading critical race uh, spokespeople today, like Ibram Kendi, they say that the only way to deal with present discrimination is with future discrimination. They say that uh, the government should create equal outcomes, even if that means uh, imbalancing the scale uh, by way of discriminating against people based on the color of their skin. And that is what is being taught. That's what's in these lessons. Well, how widespread is the teaching of critical race theory happening, uh, maybe under another name? But and maybe that gives the liberals a little bit of cover by saying, hey, we don't call it critical race theory. Sure, they can call it intersectionality. They'll call it culturally responsive learning. Um, they'll call it whiteness studies. Uh, but it all comes back to the same idea that individuals of a certain ethnic background are oppressive and that based on the color of your skin, you're a victim. And that is what they are trying to teach students because once you give them this idea, they will come to believe that, yes, it's okay for the government to discriminate in order to... Um, uh, towards them. And look, the only way that government can create equal outcomes is through coercion. And we've seen this any number of times uh, overseas in communist nations from the Soviet Union and, and uh, you know, East, East Berlin and beyond. Yeah, and um, you know, Title IX is a, 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 um, a good example of that. that. That started out as something that was supposed to be about equal opportunity and it turned into equal outcomes. And it, and it, uh, killed men's sports at multiple colleges around the country because they they switched the the whole uh, motivation for doing it which was to provide opportunity but now it's about equity and outcomes right oh most certainly and you know another example that's very close to that is school discipline you know this issue of uh limiting suspensions and expulsions for certain students based on the color of their skin, as opposed to their behavior, has created a very unsafe situation at many schools around the country. I mean, you're talking about teachers who are really, uh, teachers and students, who are at risk because you have uh, Washington under the Obama administration, and we expect again here under Biden's administration, will be uh, essentially pressuring schools, coercing them to keep quotas on who they, uh, who they expel or who they suspend. Even if a student commits an offense, that is violent or threatening to others. We're talking to Jonathan Butcher. He's the senior policy analyst for education at the Heritage Foundation. He's in town for a dinner meeting with some Heritage people uh, tonight. Um, uh, why do why do, do teachers unions, and for that matter, I guess teachers uh, for the most part, why do they love critical race theory so much? I don't think it's teachers. I think that there is pressure from special interest groups like the unions, like you said, and the National School Boards Association. Uh, and I think it is because these interest groups have long supported progressive causes, long supported left-of-center groups, and uh, those are the ones who are driving these ideas. Remember, critical race theory has, at its very root, uh, Marxist origins, right? It comes from critical theory, which was the original uh, neo-Marxist worldview that came out of Germany in the 1920s. They came to the United States and landed at Columbia, and from there, they influenced uh, just generations of uh, professors and, and made their way into colleges of education where teachers learn the information and now uh, for you know, decades have been taking it into schools. Uh, I think that it is being driven by special interest groups. And these are well-funded. Remember, they are funded off of the, the dues that teachers pay, which in the case, of course, of public school teachers is public money. I, I'm just, I mean, it's hard for me to figure out why so, so many people are so uh, in love with this idea, uh, especially, as you mentioned, teachers unions and other organizations and, and p people with power. Um, is it because they really believe what they're selling, or is it because they think that if they can get this 
if they can get the kids indoctrinated with this, that they will uh, achieve some end that we don't know about, or maybe we do know about. Well, I mean, I, I hate to guess at their intentions. I'll say this. I will say that it is highly unpopular among the public. In the surveys that have been conducted by the Heritage Foundation, as well as by groups like Parents Defending Education and others, they have found that parents do not like the idea that children are taught that slavery defines the United States. They don't like the idea that uh, the 1619 was the birth year of the U.S. Uh, they don't like these, and they say it at uh, upwards of 50, 60 percent, 70 percent in some cases, depending on the survey. So um, I think that's why good sense will prevail. I think good sense will prevail in teaching that America uh, does have a past that we have to learn from. We have to acknowledge the failings of people to live up to our founding documents, but that doesn't mean our founding documents were wrong. It doesn't mean they were false when they were written. It means they were right. They were true when they were written, and that people failed to live up to them. And so that's the lesson we have to give to the next generation. We have to give the next generation the lesson that America is worth preserving. It is the world's last best hope. Has the uh, Attorney General's memo calling uh, parents who get unruly at school board meetings uh, backfired way beyond what they could have imagined? It absolutely has. The National School Boards Association, which is an interest group of state school board associations, they have lost, at last count, I think, about a dozen members around the country. School boards have dropped out and said, nope, this letter that was prompted again by this interest group uh, didn't represent them, and they wanted no part of it. And so that's a good sign, right? It's a good sign that school boards are being responsive to uh, the parents that elected them and put them there. Um, and so I think, uh, I think it has backfired, just as you know, comments by uh, Terry McAuliffe uh, backfired when he you know, was saying that parents shouldn't be telling schools what they should be teaching. I mean, most certainly parents should be involved in a child's education. This is, schools should be a place where they reflect the values of their community, right? They, we all need to have a part in saying, what and how we are teaching students about the nature of our national identity. How much of a boost has the school choice movement gotten from this, as far as you can tell? I think it's been a significant year for school choice. We've seen uh, new proposals enacted in West Virginia, Kentucky, uh, places that for a long time unions were very active and prevented things like uh, uh, private school scholarships and education savings accounts from uh, from becoming uh, an option for children. So uh, Missouri, Indiana also have expanded or new programs this year. So it's a very exciting time, right? Because now it's not just about helping children be successful in school, which it should be, right? We want to give them the tools they need to be successful adults, but it's also school choice that is becoming something that we can help reflect what we want in our culture. It's becoming a way that parents can um, have their beliefs and values transmitted to their children by ch- I, I follow, school or the setting. Yeah, I, I follow Corey DeAngelis on Twitter, and I've had him on the show here a couple of times. I'm, I'm guessing you know who he is. Um, and he's, uh, he's done a lot of work on uh, school choice. And, I mean, it seems like every other day he's tweeting that another state or another another uh, political person in a state has uh, put forth a bill that says fund students and not systems. And, I mean, I, multiple states I've seen. Do you see that happening where it's, it's that that part of the movement is, is getting some gaining some ground? Oh, I absolutely do. And I think, you know, we're headed toward uh, the next legislative session. They usually start in January, February of, of uh, the year of the calendar year. So I think we're coming up on a point again where state lawmakers will have the chance to give families more options when it comes to how their children learn. Republicans have talked a good game when it comes to school choice. Um, uh, do you get any feeling that they're finally ready to walk the walk and actually make it a major issue for next November? Uh, it always seems to fall way down on the list of priorities when you get closer to an election. Well, I think it is driving. I think it's an issue that is driving things today. I think education, because it is so near and dear to parents' hearts, I think um, uh, policymakers should see that it is an important issue. Talking to Jonathan Butcher, Senior Policy Analyst for Education at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, You have a new book coming out next week, I think it is, uh, Jonathan, Splintered, Critical Race Theory and the War on Truth. What would you like people to get from the book? Breaking any new ground in there that we should know about? Yes, thank you. So the book is available now for pre-order. It'll be in print in March 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to go through what's been happening with school boards, what parents are saying about critical race theory, give you some examples of parents of how they uh, feel personal testimonies about the use of critical race theory in schools and why they're opposed. It's going to help, I think, for the average reader to understand that they're not alone when they see racial discrimination happening out there, that they're not the only ones and, uh, and how they can stand up and advocate for their children. Uh, you call it a war on truth. Um, what is the truth that that should come out of your book? When if, uh, you know if your if your book is successful, well, I think the the idea that uh, in America's past that we set some foundational ideas that are worth protecting, and that critical race theory is a relativistic perspective. They don't believe that there is a truth that we can hold on to. And so I think it's uh, it's important for us to recognize we can we can protect these idea these ideas of freedom and opportunity they're in our our bedrock. Well, Jonathan, I appreciate you coming on the show. I hope you uh, enjoy your stay in Pittsburgh. Thank you, and uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back. Attention! The United States government has instituted a program to give qualified workers up to $3,148 a month. Do you or someone you know suffer from a medical condition that makes it difficult to work? Are you between the ages of 45 and 62? Are you seeing a medical professional for this condition? And have you worked for at least five of the last 10 years? If you answered yes to the questions, you may be eligible for up to $3,148 a month. Call the Disability Information Line now to see if you qualify at 800-811-1545. Get the benefits you deserve. Call the Disability Information Line now at 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify. The call is free and our agents are standing by. Call 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify for these government benefits. You've worked hard for these benefits. Don't let another day go by without receiving what you're entitled to. Call 800-811-1545 now. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. We started Legacy Box so that family memories would be safe and could always be enjoyed together. And this year, we're offering you early access to our incredible Black Friday sale so you can finally digitize your home movies and photos. One million families and counting have trusted Legacy Box to convert their aging media because Legacy Box is safe, simple, and affordable. From fading over time to risks like fire and water damage, your videotapes, film reels, and photos aren't protected unless they're on a digital format. And with the holidays approaching, don't wait. Simply fill your legacy box and we'll take care of the rest. This is the first time we've offered Black Friday savings this early. And it's the most meaningful thing you can do this holiday season. It's time to relive your most important memories and take advantage of Legacy Box's best sale of the year. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get early access to our Black Friday sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for an irresistible deal. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which 
which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, it is a Monday. We did have a Steeler game yesterday, so uh, I guess I should comment on that. What a boy! What a show that was. Of course, Mason Rudolph is taking a lot of the heat. He played in a pouring a, 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 a rainstorm with uh, JV wide receivers. He was missing his two of the top three receivers on the team were out. Um, he had fumbles in overtime that were not his fault. He didn't play great, and uh, he's got a long way to go to prove that he can be Ben Roethlisberger's. Uh, replacement next year or whenever it happens but uh, it's pretty ridiculous to think that you should define the guy forever based on what happened yesterday and then there's my recurring theme with uh, Najee Harris Um, he uh, uh, Mason Rudolph had a 26 yard run yesterday now Najee Harris was the first pack uh, first back drafted last year last day this past April and he was a number one pick by the Steelers. His longest run this year is 20 yards. Mason Rudolph ran for 26 yesterday. I'm still waiting for Najee to do something spectacular. I keep hearing what a great job he's doing. He doesn't fumble. He gets that extra yard when he gets, you know, he gets three yards instead of two when he runs it through, uh, into the middle of the line. Uh, break a run, make somebody miss. Run somebody over. Show me a a great run. Still hasn't happened. What are we, uh, 10 games into the season, 7 to go? Still a long way to go, but I ain't seen nothing yet. Not not justifying a first-round pick. We'll see if that changes, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.